3: heads bowed down and we'll gather here on hallowed ground to sing this all
4: yeah. the way welcome cast lawyer with me mike connors this show if you haven't listened to it before is in two parts The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoid going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about a variety of different subjects politics, history, religion. Today, we're going to go a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about health. We're very pleased to have on the director of research on infectious diseases at SUNY Downstate and Kings County Hospital, Dr. Michael Oglebrown, and he's going to be talking about what else the coronavirus, just like everybody else. And then you know we're going to talk to another doctor, but this doctor is a little bit different. This is Father Paul, Father Paul Belucki, who is a Capuchin friar, a medical doctor, and you know a Capuchin friar is a Franciscan who takes the the vow of poverty. And he's going to be talking about his mission right now in the Middle East, and he's with us for a few more weeks, and he's going to go back to the Middle East for uh, for Easter. In the meanwhile, why don't we start getting on some of our email questions we get on? And first on board, my son Michael, he's on deck right now. Michael, what's your question?
5: Hello, everyone. Um, this question is from Sven. Dear, wait, 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 what's Connors, the name? Sven.
4: Okay, I haven't had a Sven as a client in quite a while.
5: <laughs> Dear Mr. Connors, I live in Sweden, but listen to your show on your podcast. My aunt is very ill and lives in Bayridge. She has a will and I am the executor, but I live in Sweden. I will need some help with her estate when she passes on. Would you or your staff be retained to handle this for me and my family? Do I need to travel to New York in person?
4: To answer the last part of the question, you do not necessarily have to travel to New York in person. The papers can be mailed to, to Sven in Sweden. He'll have to get it, his signature witness by the American consulate and then send it back to us. And yes, this is what we do. We probate wills. In a lot of cases, especially if we have relatives overseas, I might recommend that your aunt do a trust so we don't have to go through probate. We don't need to probate the will. But yes, if somebody passes away or they're not willing to do the planning, yeah, we'll probate the will. That's not our goal. Our goal is to avoid probate. So, Sven, you don't have to go to court after your aunt is gone. But at the same time, If she does pass away and their assets in her name alone and we have to go to court and we have to go to probate, we're more than willing to to, to help you. But if you can talk to your aunt in between, maybe tell her to listen to our show or go to one of our seminars when we start them off once the late spring comes around and she can learn how to avoid probate. And we're going to do a seminar in Bay Ridge sometime in May. We don't want to go through probate, but if you, you know, sometimes you can't plan out everything perfectly. You have a relative, you can lead them to water, you can't make them drink. If your aunt dies without planning things out, yes, give us a call and we'll help you with the probate. Now, one of the things, too, you may want to see if there's a relative or somebody who can, if you're not a U.S. citizen, if there's a relative or somebody who can act with you as executor under the will. Because in theory, a non-U.S. citizen cannot be. An executor on their own we can work on that it's not the biggest problem in the world We get somebody else to act as a co fiduciary with you there's one of our attorneys you know in the, in the studio today Mel what's your full name
6: Hi everyone my name is Ismail Jose
4: and I always ask you this, how'd you get a name of Ismail
6: <laughs> my, my my parents battering the son of Ibram. okay so there's a story about that
4: but day <laughs> all right now where you how long have you been an attorney?
6: I've been an attorney for 15 years, approximately. I, I finished law school from Sunbeta College. It's actually a Benedictine uh, private school in Manila. And then after, after f- uh, about 10 years, I moved to New York, took the bar, and here I am at Conor and Sullivan, my first family here in New York.
4: Okay. Well, Mel, what's the question you got on that? All
6: right. Um, the question is from Penny from Staten Island. Hi, Mike. I'm planning on selling my home in the year, near future. If I list my property with a real estate broker, what price must I accept? Some of these brokers are so pushy.
4: <laughs> well, Mel, what would you say to that?
6: <laughs> if you have no idea about the value of your property, I suggest you basically run a fair market value appraisal. Usually brokers have pretty much a good idea about you know the comparative valuations. But if you don't trust your broker, you should run a fair market value appraisal
4: from a licensed real estate appraiser in New York. And how would they find a licensed real estate appraiser?
6: Um, they, they do comparisons, historical values, what, what houses in the area are going for, and then they also look into whether it's a one-family, two-family, three-family, um, and stuff like that. And it's also important when you talk about capital gains tax to have the fair market value uh, you know, appraisal with you. Yeah, that's one, one of the things, sometimes too many people who sell their
4: house, they run into a contract, they sell their house, and they have no idea what the tax implications are of the sale. And that's one thing I always like to to talk to people about. Do you realize how much you're going to have to pay in capital gains taxes if you sell your house? We go over it, and then you decide whether you want to pay that tax, and maybe you want to hold the, the, the property for a while. Because here's the thing, if you hold your property till after you're gone, capital gains are ordinarily wiped out by death. Your children get what we call the stepped-up basis, assets step up to the date of death value, and children don't have to pay capital gains. Also, if you have an investment property, you can roll over the capital gain in what we call a 1031 exchange, where you can buy another property. You have to identify it with the IRS within six months, but you can identify another property and roll over the capital gains until that property is eventually sold, and hopefully you you hold that again until you pass away. And, you know, sometimes, in some cases, even like if you own a two-family house, if half the house, in effect, is rental and half the house is personal, we take the exclusion on the half the house that's personal, which a husband and wife gets $500,000 excluded from a capital gain, two fifty each. Then we can roll over the investment part of the house, the rental part of the two-family, and, and buy another property and extend the, uh, extend the capital gains to be paid until hopefully after you're gone and there'll be you know no tax due. You know, and I just want to give this one example because this is something that uh, people ask all the time. Let's say we got a husband and wife. They got a million dollar house. Husband dies. All right, so how much would the wife have to sell their one family house for given that circumstances? Well, husband dies, property's worth a million dollars. The wife gets a stepped up basis on $500,000 of his half of the house. Then. She has $250,000 excluded from the capital gain, assuming it's a personal residence. Now, the example I'm giving, we're assuming that it's the personal residence of the couple. So five hundred is tax-free. $500,000 is tax-free from the husband. $250,000 is tax-free because it's the wife's residence. If she sells within two years of her husband's passing, and that's very important to try to close before the two years is up then we get $250,000 tax free from her husband so we get 500 from the husband 250 personal exclusion for the wife 250,000 personal exclusion from the husband assuming you know we can close he within 2 years, years of his death, of death and we can get a million dollars out tax free and that's not even going into how much money the family put into the house what they paid for the house and so forth and so on and and, and I know some of you out there hey wait a minute he was speaking Too fast for me. Well, if you come down, we sit one on one. We'll try to explain the process where you'd find out what you have to pay in taxes. In a lot of cases, you don't have to pay nearly as much in taxes as you think you might have to pay. So come in, we'll talk it over, and you go from there. But one thing I recommend you never sign a real estate contract until you know what the consequences are. Know how much you're going to pay in taxes because you don't want to sell your house for a million dollars. Then you got to pay $200,000 in capital gains taxes, and then you buy another house for $200,000, and you may have to get more of a mortgage than you're planning to get. Because the last thing you want to do is get a, go to your account in a year from now, do your real estate taxes, and then find out you got to pay a huge tax bill. That's not what we want to do. And, of course, a lot of people who own two-family houses, they sell it while they're alive. In a lot of cases, they have to pay capital gains on the rental part of, of the house. So if you want to get the information, give us a call at Connors and Sullivan. Schedule an appointment. Our phone number again is 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. By the way, we're going to have Father Paul on later in the show. And Father Paul's going to be talking about his, his mission. And Father Paul doesn't have a regular address in the U.S. So if you do want to se- send him any checks, any contributions, what you do, you make it to... Province of Saint Mary, Father Paul Balicki, You can mail it to our office again at 7408 Fifth Avenue, 7408 Fifth Avenue, Brooklyn, New York 11209, Brooklyn, New York 11209. If you have any questions about the address, give us a call at 718-238-6500. You can get us on you know look on the internet, look up our name, get our phone number, give us a call if you want to support Father Paul's mission. You know what? I think I think we're going to take a, a short break. Well, I'm going to be talking in a few minutes to Dr. Michael Augenbraum about the coronavirus. Whether you
2: need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike
4: Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys
7: We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org.
8: Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Do you want to hear your parish priest talk more about abortion and the pro-life movement? The key mission of Priests for Life is to help priests do exactly that. The first place to start is to listen to your priest and learn how he thinks. What is he most interested in and passionate about? Then, when you find out, link that issue with the abortion issue. For example, a priest who told me that he did not preach much about abortion also told me he was interested in efforts to stop drug abuse. When I told him that those who have abortions are more likely to abuse drugs, it gave him a new motive to preach about abortion. Find out more about how you can help your priest at priestsforlife.org. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life.
2: Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the
4: Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Obviously, every time you turn on the radio, the TV, we're talking about the coronavirus. So right now with us is Dr. Michael Algonbrown who's director, Division of Infectious Diseases at SUNY Downstate Medical Center and Kings County Hospital Center. Welcome to the show, doctor.
0: Thank you, Mr. Connors.
4: What can you tell us about the virus that maybe you think, it, is it overhyped or is there too much panic? Is there not enough panic? What, what's going on? Can you tell us your opinion? I,
0: I Yeah, I you know, panic is not a helpful thing tool, I think, in any circumstance. Um, I think you can play this any uh, a number of ways. You know, it's a health issue. And so people are always very concerned about these sorts of things. And I do think that there is something inherent in all of us about contagion and infection that makes us worried. I mean, you know, uh, until the availability of antibiotics, modern medicine, uh, this was a dread... complication of living, uh, and people died frequently from infection. So I think there's something about this that frightens us. Um, This is a novel event. It is basically a pandemic. It is the spread of an infectious agent through uh, our communities throughout the world. We've seen things like this before, notably the flu, you know, you can think back to the Spanish flu in 1918, the things that were called the Hong Kong flu several decades back, H1N1, so on and so forth. So we've had experiences with these rapidly spreading infections. It's not anything really new. Um, uh, on the other hand, there is concern that this infection can make certain members of our community sick, uh, seriously sick. And so it has. we have to sit up and take notice. Um, for most people who will get this, it will be a minor illness, if anything at all. But there is a segment amongst the population that will get sick. And do we have a communal responsibility to take care of folks and to make sure that they don't suffer needlessly? So I think that's sort of the two sides of that. It's worrisome, manageable uh, at the same time.
4: Now, I mean, we've had flu, you know, we had the swine flu and and things like that, but we never had to the point where there's so there travel bans, shutdowns. Do you think that's appropriate?
0: Social distancing of this nature is a way to affect the spread of an epidemic. Again, I get back to other experiences with pandemics and closing things certainly has an impact. Um you know, and it seems like based on the experience in other countries you're better off doing that early rather than later, because if you do it too late, then the cat, as they say, is out of the bag, and you're not going to have much of an impact. If you do it early, on the other hand, we have reason to believe from epidemiologic tools and studies that we can dramatically impact on the spread of an infection. As a society, we're really not used to having travel and our personal liberties somehow constrained in a circumstance like this. We don't have that experience, and we don't like it. It feels wrong. Uh, But uh, if we had rapidly spreading contagion in the community and a lot of people were getting sick in serious ways, somebody would ask the question, why didn't we do this early? So I think that's sort of the conundrum we face. Do
4: you think the government should be doing something now that they're not doing? Like what? What? what would you I don't know. You're, you're the expert. That's why I'm asking well, I you think, the question. You
0: know, I, I will say from my perspective uh, as a clinician dealing with this right now, I think we certainly could have used effective tests uh, rapidly available much sooner. We're still grappling with uh, diagnostic tests, and I wish we would have had it sooner because you know, in order to control the spread of infection, if we knew who had infection, uh, we would be much more effective. And we're still there's still a delay involved in this. So I think the government should be able to or should have gotten us testing much sooner.
4: All right. Now, on our daily activities, obviously, we shouldn't shake hands and right. wash your hands frequently. Uh, how right. often should you wash your hands? Just as a, you know, they say I frequently. Think any-
0: Yeah, I mean, frequently is a good practice. Um, uh, I would say certainly when you're out and about, if you're touching surfaces in areas that you don't control, um, that that makes sense to me. This virus seems to most efficiently be spread By what we call the droplet route, which is characteristic of other infections that we know about, like influenza, group A strep, uh, meningococcus, whereby large-sized droplets fall out in the environment onto surfaces, on phones, on doorknobs, on countertops. And the virus can actually live not a a small amount of time on these surfaces, a couple of hours, sometimes maybe upwards of a day. So environments can get contaminated. And if you touch those areas, you yourself can become contaminated by then putting your hand up by your face. I know that there's a lot of call to stop touching your face. I think it's easier said than done. Uh, But one of the things that we can do is that when we're in environments that we don't control and we touch surfaces, uh, we should wash our hands after that. And it sort of depends what you do, how many times you feel you have to do that.
4: Long range. I mean, flu viruses, they usually die out sometime in the spring, early summer.
0: Right. What about this? What about the coronavirus? In- impossible to predict. Uh, I think the Chinese experience suggests that there's waning rates there after they apply draconian measures, uh, Uh, which we probably would never be able to implement in this country. The Italian uh, experience looks like they're in for a long haul. I would say we can expect this to probably linger in our communities um, for probably at least the next couple of months. And on the backside, some people are saying well through the summer, but I don't have a crystal ball. I think it's very hard to predict. All
4: right. Let's say right now you have a cold. Right. What symptoms? When should you call your doctor?
0: So this disease seems to be characterized by fever and a cough and or shortness of breath. Um, you know, as influenza wanes in our community, which is what it's doing right now, uh, if you have a flu-like illness right now, you might actually have the coronavirus. Um it's not unreasonable to contact your doctor to discuss this. I would have to say that we're trying to distance people from going to emergency rooms and crowded doctor's offices uh, immediately because if you're mildly sick and you just have a fever and these symptoms and you go to your doctor's office, if you have coronavirus, you could potentially make other people sick. So the best advice is to contact your doctor or your health care provider to discuss this. More often than not, people can be attended to at home, some simple advice, the infection will wane, go away, and people will be none the worse off for it. I think for people who have underlying medical conditions, um, serious health problems, uh, let's say uh, uh, emphysema, for example, congestive heart failure. Uh, cancer chemotherapy, our concern is that if they get these infections, the infections could become worse. And again, a conversation with your doctor really ought to ensue. And if you need face-to-face medical care, you have to make use of it.
4: Now, they're saying don't go to an emergency room ordinarily.
0: Yeah, because the emergency room could be swamped with other people who have this. You may not have it. You can get it there. And by the same token, if you have it and you sit in a crowded waiting room with other people with medical problems, you could give it to other people. So we're trying to advise people not to um, uh, not to rapidly go to emergency rooms if they just have mild symptoms. That's not going to solve the problem and could create worse problems. So contact your doctor talk to your doctor that's the advice I have for people
4: now a lot of people they may be concerned because they have children or grandchildren is this a particular threat to, to young people
0: uh, as far as we can tell right now the data from overseas suggests that although children can become infected with this virus there's really no serious health repercussions as a matter of fact I don't think I'm aware of any data coming from Italy that suggests that there's any mortality, for example, in kids or teenagers. Um, uh, so I really think that for most children, the vast majority of them, if they get this, it's a benign condition.
4: Why did it suddenly explode in, in, in Italy? Do you have a theory or do you know?
0: You know, I really don't know. Uh, it's uh, disconcerting. You know, I they, probably uh, you could imagine that if social distancing is important, um to contain the spread and uh they didn't get on the ball with that uh early enough that spread could a- occur uh more rapidly maybe it's something in a social context the way people the nature of people and how they behave in in italy i i can't really comment on that but maybe that assisted this thing in spreading um, I don't know. I really don't have an answer to that question.
4: If the public out there, if they they want to get some information that will be helpful, where can they go to find such information?
0: I think the CDC website is a great source of information for the lay public. I, they have a section for health professionals, and I use that all the time. And they have a section for the, the public at large. And I think it's great and it's robust. There's a lot of information there. Um, You know, a lot of the hospital websites, uh, your local hospital, if you go on their website, you can find information. Um, And like I said before, you can call your doctor and get lots of information.
4: Any other final thoughts to the listening audience? What should they be doing?
0: Uh, I think, as we said before, people uh, at the moment, we're trying to encourage people to, uh, uh, to hunker down and engage in what we call social distancing, not Participate in large gatherings in an effort to sort of slow this thing down. Uh, if again you get sick, if you're not feeling well, contact your doctor. Don't rush to a healthcare setting. Uh, wash your hands as we said before. And I think, you know, we've had many challenges in the past and we've sailed through them. And I think this is a challenge that we can meet. And people should not panic because that's not helpful. And uh, uh, you need to get information and go on with your lives. That's pretty much what I have to say about
4: it. Doctor, thank you very much. Dr. Michael Ogdenbrown, Director of Division of Infection Diseases, SUNY Downstate, Kings County. Thank you for being on Connor's Corner.
1: with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now 888-943-2646 or try me on the internet at wwwquanticbankcom Melia. Once again, call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia,
8: NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank and MLS number 403503.
2: When a desperate parent calls YCS seeking help for their child with special needs, we are there to answer the call. Our staff provides compassionate care to children affected by trauma, autism, or developmental disabilities. Can you help us provide the services needed to keep families together? Find out how you, your company, or organization can volunteer. Learn more at YCS.org.
3: How can I protect my family if something happens to me?
2: What if I need to go to a nursing home? What
9: will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help
2: us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected.
4: I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now.
2: I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan, in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Statsangels. Island, Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors.
4: Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. You know, each week, Kevin McCullough asks a question or gets a question that's asked through our, our website, And he plays it for his audience. So you can listen to Kevin McCullough each Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock on 570 The Mission, at 5 o'clock at 970 The Answer, Monday through Friday. Wednesday has an extended hour with uh, John Katsimatidis. So take it away, Kevin.
3: Hi, Kevin McCullough. Every week we promise you that Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan will be here to answer your questions about things like estate uh, law and elder care and all the things that uh, go into end-of-life planning, uh, including things like power of attorney and healthcare proxy. And Mike, this week's question comes from Tom and it's about that very specific thing. Can you describe the difference for me between a healthcare proxy and a power of attorney? What are you able to do with each document? Thank you in advance, Mike.
9: Yeah, there's always a lot of confusion about these two documents. A Healthcare proxy is a, a writing witness by two people where you appoint an agent to make medical decisions on your behalf. If you can't speak for yourself. And of course, a uh, well-drafted healthcare proxy would also have language in there that the person who's your agent on the healthcare proxy can access your medical records because that's very important. You can't make a decision if if you don't know the medical records. A power of attorney is ordinarily to do financial transactions on your behalf if you can't speak for yourself. So it's two totally separate documents: healthcare proxies for medical decisions, power of attorney for financial, legal, business decisions. And in, in most cases, we're going to put a family member in there, husband, wife, uh, son or daughter, trusted nephew or niece. Right. And, you know, it doesn't have to be family, but usually that's the way, you know, we recommend it.
3: Well, you certainly want it to be someone who's trustworthy because both of those areas are uh, highly important uh, to the end of life. Uh, And friends, maybe you've got a question about how to set yours up. Uh, Connors and Sullivan, they're standing by the phone ready to help you right now. As I've said many times, uh, my wife and I know firsthand the effectiveness of Connors and Sullivan. They've helped us deal with some very specific things, including uh, the reformulating of our wills and some other things. So why don't you call them today? 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And make sure you listen to Ask the Lawyer, Saturday morning at 8 o'clock clock on AM 570, The Mission, and Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much.
4: Thank you, Kevin. Thanks again, Kevin. Mel and Michael. Mel, we just talked about the, the coronavirus here in the States and whether, you know, whether we're ready for it or not or have been ready for it. You're from the Philippines. What's what's the situation in the Philippines right now?
6: First of all, some of my closings are getting postponed right now because of this pandemic. But as we speak right now, effective March 17, actually, tomorrow, um, the Philippines, the the president of the Philippines has basically declared enhanced community quarantine and and stringent social distancing measures over the entire Luzon area that that covers Metro Manila, the north of the Philippines. So right now, um, malls are closed, train services are closed, government agencies are on limited skeleton services. It's basically north, you know, a lockdown can you fly there no <laughs> no
4: okay that was a long <laughs> not fourth,
6: that you would but no, no. there's no. I was, I was thinking about there's some limited air operations shall be limited to outgoing flights carrying foreigners and tourists filipinos are not allowed to go outside the country so if you if you are able by, by some chance to go in there you won't be able to go out
4: how about visitors from china or the or japan no
6: they're on lockdown it's locked down uh,
4: that's interesting yeah our next guest on the show, we're going to be talking to, to, to Father Paul, who has a mission in the Middle East. And, of course, his people are not, you know, they don't have the medical facilities we have here. That's why he needs our help and our prayers, because, you know, he's on short, short ration, so to speak. He gets paid yeah. about 300 euros a month. And this is a guy who's got two doctorates and is going for his third. So he really needs our, our help and support. Mel, I know you met Father Paul a couple of times.
6: Yes, I have. He's a very interesting per- person. I love a- what he stands for, um, you know, what, the, the work that he does in the Middle East. I love him, Father Paul.
5: And I mean, not that it should surprise anyone, you know, just looking at his resume alone and everything he does, but the the heart and soul that he puts into it. I mean, he really does give all of himself to, his, to the people he's trying to serve over there.
6: Right. And,
5: you know, all it takes is a conversation with him to know that, but it's one of those things. It's an uphill battle every day. And so, you know, right now, I mean, we're, we're talking about all the inconveniences that we have from coronavirus, but, they They're hurting for just generators and basic power over there, so it's it's no comparison as far as yeah,
4: like I don't think they're going to have anything. enough ventilators there when something happens
5: right, right, Just air filtration, absolutely. it's things things we take for granted that they they wish they had every single day.
4: All right, now, if you want to support support Father Paul and his mission. You can give us a call at Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, We'll tell you how you can do that. Now, we did have a Mass scheduled at Our Lady of Angels here in Brooklyn for March 27th, but unfortunately, because of obviously everything that's going on, we're going to cancel that Mass, and, and hopefully we'll be able to have another one in the early summer or something like that. We've been having bad luck trying to schedule Masses with Father Paul. Either something happens, he's got a, he's called back. To Lebanon because Hezbollah raided his camp, or and by the way, you know one of the things he he has his mission in, in Lebanon. He had a medical mission in Beirut. He had to move his medical mission from Beirut because Hezbollah raided uh, his camp and destroyed his medical camp. He had to move his his staff and and people to you know, up in the hills in Lebanon. So we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be talking to really one of the most remarkable men that I've ever met, and I've met a lot of people over the years, Father Paul
2: Balicki. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me
4: or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning
2: at all. Call Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718 238 6500 That's 718 718- 238 6500 or visit their website, connersandsullivan.com.
6: I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me.
8: I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going.
10: No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably
5: means I, I never really got it to begin with.
6: You can have a beautiful car a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there.
1: We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home.
4: Now that I'm back in the
2: Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it.
3: There's peace in our home
7: that we didn't have before.
6: You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we
8: invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.
4: Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Right now, I'm accompanied by my son, Michael, and one of our favorite guests, Father Paul from from the Middle East. Welcome to the show.
10: Hello, Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Hello, Mr. Connors, Michael, uh, and Chris. Thank you so much.
4: You know, as a spiritual point of view, everybody right now is depressed, I think, because of the coronavirus. Everybody's upset. Everybody's canceling everything. Everybody's staying at home.
10: Do you have any message? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, whoever is listening to us... um, taxes, uh, like a deadline uh, is coming. So please do this carefully at home with a smile and Connors and Sullivan will help you out with. Uh, From my end, what I suggest to uh, to our friends who are listening to our radio show, do not panic because we have to go through this together. And since you are staying home for many reasons, there is a good time to open the gospel or to hear some, some nice music and to stay with your family members at home, because we've been doing all of this in such a short time because everyone is rushing things. Maybe it's a good moment to just slow down as well and think about uh, many things that are really important to us. And uh, I think the spiritual lecture or, or, or music on a quiet moment to to pray, maybe that's what we are looking for now and we should be going for. Because panicking, it's, that's not gonna change. That's not gonna speed up the recovering process or the healing process. But silence, but patience, yeah, those things may help us to, to go through this time together. And maybe like, you know, Italians, why don't you sing at home? If you if you like to sing, why don't you do some artistically, or just be present? You know, because uh, this is what we have now. We have a time uh, that we have to kind of survive and uh, and and find the the solution. The virus attacked us unexpectedly, and uh, we have to you know fight back. But you know, from a different uh, perspective, maybe more spiritual, maybe more more uh, you know. Um, slow down our, our daily routine and just think about things that are really important or matter to us.
4: Let me ask you something. We just read we we're talking about this. ISIS has told its adherents not to travel to Europe. Do you have any comment on that? Yes.
10: <laughs> yes. Well it sounds very funny because um so imagine how many times they've sent all those um all those particular people to Europe. Um it, it's interesting that it's interesting that the only concern they have, I mean, ISIS, is the coronavirus. They're not really; they don't really analyze things regarding virus, like how to find a cure or how to help people. They just actually uh, saying, "Let's stop killing people in Europe because the virus will do this uh, on our behalf." So, yeah, that shows again how how dysfunctional this institution is unfortunately. Here we
4: are in the United States and, and people are panicking and do we have enough medical facilities to handle everything. What about your flock in the Middle East in Lebanon? How are they going to be affected?
10: Yeah, so if the U.S. is, is kind of uh, afraid of how the health system will survive, so imagine uh, what's going to happen in Lebanon and Jordan where the health system is miserable, where the health system is from one day to another, where Physicians are not really present because, uh, f- you know, for many political reasons or or local conflicts, a lot of physicians uh, left the country. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, especially in, in Lebanon and Jordan, this is what's going to happen. We will be facing uh, a quite um, a huge amount of uh, problems uh, just because we don't have the infrastructure and in the clinic that that medical thing that that I have, that we created as captioning Friars, um, you know, daily we've been receiving around 150, 160 people per day. So imagine now, and the health system is not really supported by the government because the government is corrupted and and now all those banks are not working, the government is off. So um, if, if we are concerned about the health system in the US, Imagine what kind of stress people have uh, over there, and, and I'm happy to go there in about a few, few days just to double check what what can we do and how how can we help. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a very challenging time that reminds me of 2006 and 2008 when we we've been in war with Israel and uh, that was kind of a challenging time. But now this this virus, the the financial crisis, the uh, political situation in Lebanon and Jordan. That's going to be a very challenging time, so I really need your prayers. But let's see how it goes. I have to keep my positive view of life; otherwise, that's going to be messy. But let's let's keep our hope alive.
4: Now I know we've asked you this question every single time you've been on the show, but there's some always some new listeners joining us. Capuchin mm-hmm. friars, you say you're capuchin friars. You're a capuchin. Yes. What is that, and and yes. what's so, your role in mm-hmm. life?
10: What's your mm-hmm. job description, Absolutely. so to speak? I'm happy, yes, I'm happy to answer. Thank you so much for asking, because you're right. Some new new friends are maybe listening to, to us now. So St. Francis from Assisi, he's the one who created and started that Franciscan movement, uh, which is all about being rebels against um, whatever went wrong with the gospel. If, if, if Saint, When, when St. Saint Francis from Assisi, he just woke up one day and he realized that the gospel is not actually... That the church is following, following up with, or, or looking for, so he decided to, uh, to gather with people who are sharing his ideas how, keep that gospel alive in our daily routine, and that's how the Franciscan movement has started. Just to say no to, to uh, just a simple routine, but say yes to, to the excitement of being with God. So the Franciscan movement—it's all about rebels. In a in a in a positive way, where we try to look for people, not to run away from them. When we, it's Franciscan movement, it's all about looking for solutions and not being afraid of asking hard questions and right questions. So yes, St. Francis from Assisi—that's that's the guy who who started, and and uh, we are just trying to follow up with his uh, commitments.
4: And, and what's your mission right now, Father?
10: My mission is actually. um, very, very simple. As a physician and a capturing friar at the same time, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to help people to understand in, in Lebanon and in Jordan that they are not abandoned and they're not alone. And then we do our best for almost 20 years now. We will be doing our best to help them out. So uh, my mission is actually to to see uh, a human being in front of me asking for help, but it's not just you know a medical or... or or um scientific help but also a spiritual guidance and and just few minutes just to have a nice nice talk so with my capuchin fries what i'm trying to do is to give that opportunity to whoever is in need and if there is a medical need that's where i'm going to and uh, so this is basically what we're trying to do as capuchin fries to be with people who are really in need
4: i have to regret to inform the audience and and you know, we were going to have a, a, a mass for the to pray for the Christians in the Middle East on March 27th, yes, but I think correct. between all the fears and everything else, we're going to yes. b- unfortunately have to cancel that mass.
10: Yes, unfortunately, but this is for, uh, uh, um, you know, this is for a good reason. I mean, just to keep everyone safe. What we can do, we can gather um, later on and, and, and have that moment together, but... For now, maybe we have to do like first Christians, which means staying home and and pray for whoever is is in uh, in uh, in need. And if the virus will be gone and we will be uh, feeling way better, we can of course organize that Holy Eucharist together. But these days, yes, it's it's way better to cancel it. But we don't cancel our prayers, that's for sure. So, and uh, anyone who is in need, just let us know. We'll pray for you for sure.
5: Are you still looking for donations for your mission? Do you want to talk about how people can support you, even if they don't get to oh, see you at
10: the Oh, yes. Yes, thank you, Michael, for that question, yes. Uh, well, our actually, um, our needs are very simple. It's, it's all about generators, because the electricity is only for a few hours per day, so those generators help us to operate uh, the entire day, especially if we have surgeries, and some of them are kind of you know uh, harder to perform if electricity is off. So, yes, we are we are looking for anyone who can help us to to provide those uh, and the financial help for those generators uh, to have that power to operate, to have the emergency room uh, operating. So, yes, if if you feel that this is your land time and uh, and you would like to help us, absolutely. Your help is much appreciated. Thank you so much, Michael, for that question.
4: All right. Where can somebody where can somebody donate?
10: I think uh, the, I think two I think two ways. Uh, e, they can send a check to to uh, province of Saint Mary, dash Father Paul bielecki and in the memo section it has to be written mission. So that's how um, our fries, they will they will know for what kind of help the check is. They can mail it to you, to your office. Or to us. And if
4: you wish to mail any donations to to Father Paul, you can mail it to our office at Connors & Sullivan, 7408 5th Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11209. Connors & Sullivan, 7408 5th Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11209. Again, you can get on our website, look at our phone number if you forget, but you can mail it to Connors & Sullivan. We'll get it to, to Father Paul. And Father, what are you going to use the money for?
10: We will be using those money for our generators and now since I'm going there in about a few days, I will uh, be happy to double check for our medical um, uh, uh, you know supplies um, vitamins you know um, uh, medications for people that that are looking for uh but basically it's gonna be for our generators because electricity is something that we need absolutely to to run the clinic because I cannot as a vascular surgeon I cannot. Perform any surgeries if I if I don't have electricity, and also to to sanitize the equipment, the medical equipment. We need electricity again, so that help will be uh, basic for for those generators, so they can produce the the power for us for the for the entire day, not just for a couple of days, for a couple of hours per day. Where does your funding come from right now? How, how do you get funded? Oh, usually retreats when I preach, when I celebrate uh, Holy Eucharist when i do some translations i just ask people back and forth you know if they can help us um, since we don't have we don't have like a, a company to to run but uh, usually it's all about asking i'm I'm actually the, the beggar the the one who's asking and and usually every time if i have a, a, a spiritual intervention for like a parish retreat or a, a spiritual retreat for some group of christians and if they want to help us that's how that's how I have a chance to to get some help, financial help. That's how I do.
4: All right, Father Paul Balicki, thank you for being on Connor's Corner.
10: Well, thank you so much for always having me and for all your support and for your love. And uh, Mr. Connors, please say hello to Beth and uh, and be careful, uh, Michael. You too, because uh, you're surrounded by by many people. Maybe in the subway or in the bus, just be careful. And I wish thank you, you all you as well. but all kind of graces. You need to stay strong. Thank you for joining us, Father. Thank you so much. Have a lovely afternoon. Thank you.
4: Now, if anybody would like to meet Father Paul, and I'm almost even afraid to bring this up. Father Paul is scheduled to be honored at the American Legion dinner on April 26th at Garjulos Restaurant as Humanitarian of the Year award. Does anybody have any idea whether it's going to be on or not? I don't know, but it's obviously going to move more than 50 people. So it may be canceled, but if it isn't canceled, the 26th annual baseball fundraiser American Legion American Legion, Kings County, they're going to honor Father Paul as Humanitarian of the Year on April 26th. Now, if it doesn't come off, hopefully there'll be a cancellation date and hopefully Father Paul can make it because, again, he goes back and forth an awful lot between the Middle East and and New York. So we just have to play it by ear, you know, a little bit. One thing that I'm pretty sure is still going to be on is the Civil War Roundtable. The Civil War Roundtable. Chris Cordani, when is the Civil War Roundtable next up? They keep changing the date since I stopped being president.
8: It's April 14th with Donald Miller. Okay, and we're going to meet
4: at the Coffee House, 20 East 44th Street. We're going to be talking about the Battle of Vicksburg, which is really one of the most crucial battles of the Civil War. You know, you could argue whether it's Gettysburg or Vicksburg, and you can go back and forth on this forever, but obviously it's one of the most crucial battles of of the Civil War where Grant really shows his genius in taking Vicksburg. Now, Chris, social media, Twitter, YouTube, uh, you know, if somebody wants to email us a question, where do they email us a question and how do they like us?
8: Well, the easiest thing to do, we'll we'll go to the email first, because the easiest thing to do to email you, askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Any questions or comments about the show, send it right over here. As far as social media, you can like our page on Facebook, Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. That's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. There's a like button. You can click that and like it. We're also on Twitter, CNS Attorneys. That's CNS Attorneys, or at CNS Attorneys, much easier. And the website, AskMikeTheLawyer.com. All
4: right. Now, if, if you go to our Facebook page for, for radio, you can get on there and you can see a picture of Mel, our guest for today, mm-hmm. who's, you know, <laughs> talking to, to Jerry Cooney. And Mel and Jerry Cooney are going to have a 20th three- 20th of June, right? Right. June 20th. Mel and Jerry Cooney are going to do three rounds.
6: <laughs> now, Mel used to box. When did you box? A long time ago. Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, but you're going to be
4: ready for this fight. You're not going to shame us.
6: <laughs> I'm going to hope and pray that that fight doesn't happen. But I'm gonna be there.
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're gonna pray, hope, and pray it doesn't happen. Are you a coward!
6: I, I've seen the video of um Jerry Cooney and George Foreman. That was something historical.
4: Okay, so I don't know. You're disappointing me on this one.
6: <laughs> but we'll be there.
4: Okay, June twentieth. Jerry Cooney he does a lot of good work for charity. We'll have more details on that program a little bit later in the in, in the year. Hopefully, that doesn't get canceled. You know, I'm getting punch drunk over here just sitting back and looking at all the events we had scheduled, and they're all getting canceled. Hopefully, our government's making the right decisions, whether it's local, federal, city, or whatever. Hopefully, everybody's making the right decisions. We'll get through this. We'll get through the end of it. Dr. Mike was a little discouraging that we may have to go through this through the summer. Let's hope for the best. Pray for the best. Pray for Father Paul. Father Paul.
2: I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan, in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC.